Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode two of Licensed to Car Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Gekiko Sentai Car Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listeners. My name is Matt J and with me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how you doing today, bud? Good. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah, that's it. No, just enjoying a nice cup of coffee. Yeah, we're, we're recording in the morning. It's an early record today. Yeah, I feel so productive. Yeah, I'm going to have my whole day in front of me. A whole day to probably get around to doing laundry, but really instead just actually want to play Super or Secret of Mana on my Super Nintendo. Ooh, yeah. love Secret of Mana. It's extremely good. I was flip- it is. I was flipping through that Super Nintendo classic uh, last night, and like I just heard the opening theme of it start playing. And was immediately, like, I was in the other room, and it, like, the thing went to a screensaver mode, and that theme started playing, and I just, like, stopped what I was doing and walked in. I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, this is where it's at. Um, anyway. Man, I'm going to give myself that experience, because I don't remember what that song sounds like. Ooh. And as soon as I hear it, I will immediately be able to do the whole thing for you, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like Anyways. it's one of those name that tune things where if I started to whistle it. Uh, anyway, yeah, but Dave, we're not here to talk about uh, Secret of Mana. I mean, we're we're always done a little bit to talk about Secret. Of Mana. I was going to say but it's never is, too far. That is not expressly what we are here for. We are here today to talk about episode two of Gekiko Sentai. Da, da, da. There it is. Yeah, yeah, you found it. Yeah, thank you. Episode two of Gekiko Sentai Car Ranger is called the Dancing Noise Pollution. And Dave, at this point in the show, normally I would ask you. What our first star of the week is, because of course, as always, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. But this is our Christmas episode, and we thought it would be fun to do a uh, a Christmas treat for you all. So we have gotten in touch with some of our previous uh, friends, still our friends, previous guests, uh, to do some guest star, all star, five stars. So that being said, Jake, what is our first star of the week? So, Shannon, what's our first star of the week? Uh, my first star of the week, or I guess, is it this year or is it just this week? I guess it's this year. Uh, I guess my biggest one is I just launched a webcomic based off of a story I've been carrying around for the last 20 years. That's I hate a... saying that out loud. <laughs> that is a, a... How can I spin this? That is a... A well-aged pod, uh, uh, idea. I almost said podcast. If you, I've been up since four a.m. Um, <laughs> that is that is an idea that has withstood the test of time. Then I guess I am mostly stubborn. <laughs> that too. Uh, what's it, what's it called? What's it about? I uh, mean, I know. Yeah, <laughs> both. But you know, just in case, uh, it is called Dragon Sanctuary. It is at dragonsanctuarycomic.com. dot com. It's a fantasy story that's kind of just playing in the sandbox of fantasy and kind of just, I guess, dissecting the Chosen One storyline? I don't know. It's just playing with a bunch of fantasy tropes, but in a very, like, I love these, but I will also wedgie these. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's definitely um, 
like because knowing that you have had it in your pocket for 20 years it's definitely like what fantasy stuff do i think is cool when you're 10 or whatever yeah and then like every every so often being like what do i think is cool now and like it just like adds and changes yeah until that's you get basically what happened uh because there's like a lot of neat stuff going on there yeah it's basically just like a kid finds out that he's the chosen one of some big ancient story and since he didn't grow up with it it's a lot of him be like this is stupid why is the entire <laughs> culture of this planet tied into a stupid fairy tale that you call a fairy tale but it's also kind of real uh it, it's also uh my favorite thing about it is about the the chosen one thing in that world is it's like there's a chosen one legend and the bad guys know it too yeah and so that sucks for the chosen one yeah so it's like this family is the chosen family oh no <laughs> uh it's uh it's it's available now i don't know when this is going up this is a a christmas time episode so i'm assuming in a couple weeks so you got probably around 15 pages up. Uh, I hope so. Yeah. I am actually conveniently counting down to page 15 because that's when one of my favorites shows up. Oh, well, see, so maybe you'll get the third uh, uh, main character showing up uh, <laughs> by the time you listen to this. Yeah, as we're recording it, I just put up page 12 today. So there's not a big chunk, but a little chunk. And there's also um, a whole mess more on your Patreon. Uh, yeah, if you support it on on Patreon, which there are links on the website then you'll see more stuff and i think you get like 20 finished pages yeah it's good stuff so jake what is star number two star number two uh i was trying to think of like what i did this year but it was mostly work a lot um and that's not super exciting to talk about so i want to talk about the new movie the new netflix movie the christmas chronicle (laughs) which is my favorite christmas movie of all time now is that the one with like hot santa kurt russell it's hot grandpa santa kurt russell and let me tell you about this movie i need you to watch it first of all (laughs) you had me at hot grandpa santa kurt russell um it is maybe my favorite it starts off very similarly to the santa claus in that like they don't kill Santa. Let me assuage anyone's fears. They do not kill Santa. They do wreck Santa's whole night. And then they it's these two kids um, who are – one's a teen. One is a 10-year-old. She's like 10 or 11. Um, both really good actors. I don't I don't think they've – we looked up the, the, the teen boy. He's not been in a ton of stuff. Um, the girl has been in presumably less because she's 10. Um, but they're both really, really good. And it's basically they, uh, their mom works at, she's a nurse, so she gets, like, called in to do a shift at the ER or whatever. Um, and so they, like, they're, like, not estranged, but, like, their dad died in- recently. And so, like, they're, like, you know, there's all that turmoil. And so, like, basically they they get the idea that they are going to stay up and catch Santa because they, they saw him on one of their dad's videotapes, maybe. And they do catch Santa because it's a movie about Santa Claus. And then they uh, ruin his night by crashing his sleigh and making him lose his hat, which is where all of his magic powers come from. And so if he doesn't get back in time to deliver all the presents, then uh, Christmas cheer will go down and the Dark Ages will happen again. The last, ti- the last time Santa didn't deliver presents on Christmas, the Dark Ages started. <laughs> 
I knew Kurt Russell was powerful. I didn't know he was that powerful. He's very powerful. He's such a good Santa because he's like fun Kurt Russell Santa. Like he's not he's not like like you will not say ho ho ho. That's not like that's like marketing. Like a marketing company came up with it. He's like, that's not me. I don't do that. He's also like fit Kurt Russell, like fit grandpa Kurt Russell. So he's like that fat guy on all the posters. That's not me either. And everyone thinks that's me. Um so he's like a real fun like version of Santa. Is it like Captain Ron level? Kurt Russell? It's, it's a little bit Captain Ron. It's very, um, I can't remember his name from Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, uh, yeah, that guy. Uh, I don't remember Jack his Burton. name either. Jack Burton. Oh, yeah. There we go. Took me a second. That He's, is the it, most 80s like protagonist name. Oh, absolutely. Um, but he's. it's like if Jack Burton became Santa Claus. <laughs> um, there is a full-on musical number, like a 100% like the E Street Band, like Bruce Springsteen's E Street Band, I think it's just them. Uh, they are in the movie and they do a musical number with Kurt Russell singing a Santa Claus song. Kurt Russell can sing very well. That's amazing. It's it's not it's not so much that he sings good. It's that he is very confident in his singing, and it's like it's it's really good singing, but it's not like you know classically trained it's just like kurt russell's like i'm gonna have as much fun as i possibly can and it comes through so it's like a fun karaoke night you don't gotta be good you just gotta be excited yeah exactly um but he's in a he i don't want to say where he is but he is santa claus doing this musical number that's awesome it's very good uh the whole the whole movie is really really good uh it's on netflix which uh statistically speaking every single human alive has access to in one way or another (laughs) So uh, I that's that's uh, star number two. I don't know how to end these, um, so I guess we'll just toss it over to the next person, uh, Brian. What's star number three? Star number three this week is Christmas cookies. <laughs> oh man, that is an excellent choice. Not not least of which because I legitimately just like in the break between recording our podcast Mount Olympus. And turning the mics back on to record this star with you guys, I ate some Christmas cookies. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like you've been holding out. Uh, I have I've received no Christmas cookies from you. I they feel... only showed up in my house at about 5.30. Okay. Hmm. So here's the secret. We didn't bake any Christmas cookies <gasps> this year. That's not entirely what? true. My wife has made some stuff for school. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, but we haven't. I'm making a, a baklava here shortly. Oh. Oh. But my mom, especially around Christmas, just bakes tons of cookies. Mm -hmm. And my parents just showed up with boxes of cookies Mm. (laughs) three hours ago, four hours ago. Nice. Very cool. So any particular favorite Christmas cookies we got going on? Um, I, I do have a specific Christmas one. It's one that all of you will recognize, but all of our listeners might not. My family's number one Christmas cookie is the Buckeye. Oh, yes. That's a good one. Which is very much an Ohio take on a bonbon. Sure. But the version that my family makes has like a Rice Krispies cereal in the peanut center. So it's got a bit of a crisp to it. Sure, sure. Yeah. Is... Is that not the typical Buckeye? 
No, man. Uh, no, well, they're more smooth. Gen- although we're not the only ones who use that recipe, mm-hmm. but they are more bonbon textured generally. Yeah. Right, because what I wanted to say there is the only people who have ever given me Buckeyes are basically your mother. So <laughs> that is my entire standard for okay. what those are supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's smooth peanut butter, yeah, usually. Typically. Peanut butter and powdered sugar. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then chocolate dipped. Yep. Yeah. Buckeyes. Are- <laughs> what what about what about you guys? Uh for me, you I don't you two might know. Um but you know you know Stauffer's that makes the cookies in in your yeah, area. Yeah. So they have chocolate stars. Mhm. Um yeah. and every year growing up, my grandma would get us something for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And it's been my my grandma's got she's got like fast moving dementia and so she, it hasn't happened for a while, and I was mm-hmm. in my giant eagle, like, up here in Ohio. Yeah, Northeast Ohio. Yeah, Northeast Ohio the other week, and I saw them, and I had, like, this mini, like, <gasps> in the store, <laughs> and I grabbed some boxes of them. And so this year, I am going to be able to give my family, like, Stauffer's Chocolate Stars mm-hmm. for the first time in a while. Because there is some weird connection between our giant eagle and York, Pennsylvania. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Because, <laughs> like, like, like stuff that is specific, like based in York, shows up in our grocery store. It's very weird. Like, I'm not complaining. Like, <laughs> yeah, like Stauffer's showed up there, yeah. and I remember there was one day we were shopping, and there were boxes of maple donuts, which is the best donut shop in the world. They are. Yeah, yeah. they're fantastic. Stauffer's, Stauffer's, I think, is owned by Nestle these days. So oh, I think they are trying oh, to expand. Okay. Okay. The reach. My dad loves those chocolate stars, oh, too. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. They, I mean, not that they're bad. No, no, no. All chocolate is good. I just don't know what specifically yeah. it is about them that appeals. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very much a nostalgia thing for me. Um, like, they're they're tasty, but for me, it's, it's you know, we always got them. Mm-hmm. And so I'm very excited to see them again. I just find them easy to eat. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's your... For m- oh, go ahead. I was going to say, for me... Uh, I would say it's either the cookies with Hershey Kisses on them mm. or the ones with peanut butter cups. Sure. Oh, okay. I, yeah, yeah. Like, just both of those, they're they're at least simple to eat. I have no idea <laughs> the complexities of actually getting the peanut butter cup, like, baked into a cookie. <laughs> no, that seems hard. No, they're pretty easy. Yeah, oh, it's, yeah. it's super easy. Yeah. You just, like, make a thumbprint and sit that sucker on top. Okay. But, yeah, those... Those are probably my favorite. Yeah. Lucas? You know, I don't know. <laughs> every, Honestly. Every cookie is a good cookie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've never found that, a bad one. That isn't true. <laughs> no, you don't like butter cookies. We just had this no, discussion. No, yeah, because they don't taste like Danish anything. butter cookies. Like, I love yeah. them. Yeah. And I just bought myself, and, and our baby, because the baby loves them too. But yeah. we, I just got, like, our second tin of the season. <laughs> um, but, but, yeah, you don't like those. But no. otherwise, it's true. You don't yeah. really... But like Snickerdoodles are what are coming to mind right now. Mm. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, I like a good Snickerdoodle. I'm yeah. fascinated that we're talking about Christmas cookies and no one said gingerbread, shortbread, or sugar. Mm-hmm. Uh, so <laughs> shortbread—that's just for tea, just standard. That's nothing. <laughs> gingerbread, yeah. like gingerbread's all right, and honestly, sugar cookies, sugar cookies are boring. I can do without a sugar cookie. I can live without like, a sugar cookie. I don't love a flat, crispy sugar cookie. I no. love the giant, fluffy ones that yeah. you can soak in milk. Those are the real sugar mm-hmm. cookie. 
<laughs> yeah, I I can get behind that. Oh. Here's one real quick wild card. Mm. Have you guys ever heard of kiffles? No. No. So my family calls them kiffles. Okay. okay. There's a bunch of dip. There's like keffles. There's kiffles. It's a, just a bunch of anglicized pronunciations of an old Slovakian nut roll cookie. Oh. oh. Okay. 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 And I don't know why my family makes them. They're fine. I'm not a huge fan. Like, I wouldn't be real sad if they disappeared <laughs> other than I associate them with Christmas. Mm, okay. Because sure. they're basically just tiny nut rolls with powdered sugar on okay. them. Okay. Mm-hmm. But they're a distinct Christmas cookie okay. for me. My, my, our weird one is uh, raisin-filled cookies. Mm-hmm. I, I, mm. like, the, like the pocket kind? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I don't love them. My dad loves yeah, them. Yeah, I don't. I don't love. Them. I don't love them. But yeah, they've got the like cooked raisin in the middle, and then the mm-hmm. dough on top. Is this just the dad cookie segment. I'm pretty <laughs> sure we have kiffles because my dad loves them. <laughs> so, so the ones with the peanut butter cups. Those are also the ones my dad loves. So unlike <laughs> you guys, I'm not pulling out like, hey, here's this other cookie and here's this reason why I think this cookie is terrible, but I also associate it with Christmas. Uh. Look, I, I'm, I'm not going to like, we're, we have three kids and so I'm getting into the mom and dad roles. Like I'm starting to understand why moms mm-hmm. and dads do the mm-hmm. things you do. You, sure. you make cookies for the dad <laughs> because that's that's just part of it like you might make some that you want or that the kids want but for the most part you're like what what is the dad gonna want to eat <laughs> in christmas season <laughs> yeah that's why we make them so mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and the- here's a weird thing you guys have three kids so you're getting that kind of family shape i have one kid and it often feels like we're not her parents we're just her weird grown-up roommates <laughs> 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 we we are at almost eight minutes. We should probably get out of this star. Probably. Uh, you know what? I think it's time to ask, hey, Nick, how are we doing for star number four? Hey, it's friend of the show, Nick Douglas, and I've got a baby watch. We interrupt your regular broadcast of the Super Sentai Brothers to bring you a breaking news update. Baby Watch. Oh, I love that sound every time. My wife and I are the proud owners of a four-week-old baby girl named Peony, and it is crazy to me that I, I have understood that the baby is basically made out of Rachel uh, when she comes out. But I hadn't really thought through that for as long as Rachel is breastfeeding, the baby is still entirely made of Rachel or of the things Rachel has consumed herself. Her little body doesn't take in any food that hasn't first gone through Rachel. She's a filtration system for the baby, which is great because, you know, a new mother loves to hear that she is things other than a human being. Um, The specific update that I have on our baby is that her eyes have stopped crossing. This is a thing that is apparently very normal in babies. Babies, they don't tell you. They come with all sorts of little things that still aren't quite made yet. So your baby comes out a little broken, which is why they call the first three months the first, uh, the fourth trimester. Um, and so of the many things that our baby has fixed now 
is her eyes. She's starting to focus. She can look at our faces more, make real eye contact, track things, and it's amazing. This is as low bars for people go, and I know that you spend most of parenting being so elated that your your little humans have reached these low bars. Being able to uh, track something at all or make eye contact, I know, is a very low bar, uh, but she has reached it. Uh, Dave, I do not understand how you survived doing this twice at once. Uh, it's so much work taking care of a baby, um, especially, you know, if one or both of you has jobs, uh, it should be illegal for them to come in twos. Um, I'm very, very glad that it is not. Uh, but you should have gotten two free adults in the mix to help take care of, because uh, I cannot imagine doing this uh, twice at once. Anyway, thank you uh, so much for having me on the show. Take it away with the fifth star, Matt and Michael. Hello, Super Sentai Brothers listeners. My name's Matt. Hello, Michael's here. Michael's is here. We're from the Range of Danger podcast, and we're here to deliver you gift-wrapped just in time for Christmas, your fifth star of the week. Oh, Michael. Quick, quick, we've got to unwrap it first. Oh, quick, uh, grab it and do a very convincing unwrap. That's it. Good job. Did it very quickly. Uh, uncharacteristically chaotic for you. I'm very excited for this present. Yeah. But I don't... What is it, Matthew? I think it's the fifth star of the week. What? What is the fifth star of the week, Michael? Why do you keep doing this to me? <laughs> you didn't tell me what it was. <laughs> What did you think was going to happen? <laughs> this week's fifth star of the week. Nope, that's not. Nope. Is it? That No, that worked. That made sense. I'm so sorry. The fifth star of the week is making things. Yay! Yay! Uh, I've I've gotten to make some stuff this year. Obviously... Uh, the Super Sentai Brothers make a podcast. We make a podcast. And and this year I got to make a comic on top of that. In fact, you helped me make a comic. We, I helped you make two comics. Yeah, we made two comics. We made, yeah, that's right. We made a Power Rangers comic. We yep. co- co-wrote a Power Rangers comic. Well, a, a, a short story in an annual. And then, but a comic short story. A comic short story, correct. And then I wrote a comic called Self Made for Image Comics. And you did the design on it, Michael. And I did. We've done a podcast for that. And it feels good to make things for people, I've discovered. Not really discovered this year, but I've had reinforced. So, yeah, making stuff is pretty cool. How do you feel about it, Michael? I like it. I've been making some Christmas cards right before you got here. Oh, this, what are you doing for your Christmas cards this I year? I can't tell you. It's a surprise. Oh, okay. Actually, I wasn't going to give you one because none of them are done yet, and this is the last time I'm going to see you before Christmas. But So you can tell me then. And yeah. presumably you're not going to be giving any cards to the Super Sentai Brothers listeners, so... Maybe I will. Ah, okay. I can't guarantee that my dad doesn't listen to the Super Sentai Brothers. <laughs> That's true. I mean, I look, hear it's a very popular and successful podcast. Look, I feel like he'd have brought it up, but <laughs> not impossible. All right, well, the, the nature of Michael's Christmas cards will remain a mystery. Ooh. Outside of the fact that he made them, and it felt good to do it. So, go make stuff, and thank you... For listening to this star. Merry Christmas and happy holidays. Happy New Year. And stay beautiful. 
do you want to do another outro just in case you decide not to go with Stay Beautiful? No. Okay, we're just going to give them the one option for that <laughs> yeah, one. I think so. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, producer Mark. <laughs> Merry Christmas, guys. Okay, so we start off with a a new character who I did not realize was going to be a recurring character um, while we were watching this scene. Uh, this we, we, There's a dude driving around in a... What, what, would you call that a roadster, Dave? Uh, yeah, I think you can safely call it a roadster, but not a... Like, somebody recently made a car and they called it a roadster. It's not that. This is like uh-huh. a vintage roadster. I genuinely assumed, Matt, based solely on this dude's mustache, that he was that he was a monster in disguise. Yep, me too. Uh, yeah. Uh, he's not. He is singing about cars. He is singing like a pretty, pretty lengthy song. This scene goes just on just about for a like minute. how much he, yeah, like just how much he digs cars. He's driving around and he's got like old, he's got like wireframe glasses and like an old style driving hat and gloves. He pulls into the garage and I didn't recognize it at first because we, I don't think we'd seen it from the outside yet. Uh, we um, had, but we had never seen it in the out uh, from the outside during the daytime. I don't think. Okay, it is astonishing. Like, this is a thing as a 36-year-old person. I am continually astonished by, this is going to sound dumb, how different things look at night than they do in the day. Mm -hmm. Like, I will be driving someplace that I have been many times before, but if I normally go there, like, during the day or at night, like, or whichever, and I flipped it, I'm like, is this the right place? Am I going the right direction? Is this where I'm supposed to be? And then I show up and, like, of course it is. But, like, it's daytime now and I'm only used to seeing it at night. And, like, my idiot caveman brain only <laughs> recognized, like, I, I have not seen this before. We only see when it's night. Um, That's not, I, I've seen this house before. This house doesn't have sunlight on it. Yeah. <laughs> um, that means it never does. So anyway, so this guy pulls into the garage, and it is the it is the car ranger. I'm sure it has a... No, it's the Pegasus Garage, yeah. right? That's the name of it? Correct. So this is the Pegasus Garage, and it turns out that this is the boss. Like, this is the president of this company. It has five employees, apparently, and those five employees are the car rangers. Yes. That's there, it. There is a secret sixth employee that the president is unaware of. Yeah. Um. So... So he gets up and he is rocking uh, an amazing suit. Yeah, he's he's kind of dressed like Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, that's a good way to say it. He's just like, yeah, just like this beautiful tweed plaid from top to bottom. Uh, and um, well, I mean, and very specifically, he is wearing a deerstalker cap. Oh, was he? Yeah. I somehow did not notice that. So incredible. So uh, Japanese Sherlock Holmes. Is is the president of Pegasus Garage, and he gets up, and he gives like a rousing speech to his six, his five employees, first thing in the morning. Right, it's like welcome, uh, welcome to work. Uh, yeah, let's have an all, and, uh, all office stand up. I am going to talk to you about money and how great it is and how it is the most important and he says quote the most important thing in the world is money if you don't have money you can't afford your dreams yeah he says that it is a gift from heaven and the things the thing that makes the impossible possible now okay as, as- here's the thing we don't like that message 
but like he's not totally wrong. Well, I, like, I mean, if you don't have free. money, yeah, you can't afford your. I'm not saying you know, he's wrong when he says the most important thing in the world is money. He's not wrong when he says if you don't have money, you can't afford your dreams. Like you can have them. But you can be like, I dream of going to Venice. Be like, well, do you have money? <laughs> because American Airlines does not accept dreams. Yeah, man, it's just this capitalist system, man. Just keep it as down. Um, uh, so he's he's going on about money, and Dapu just like strolls in, even though Dapu has created for himself an entirely second garage adjacent to this one that is hidden from the boss. Dapu just treats the regular garage as though that is also his space, but has never been well, introduced the rangers, to the boss. The rangers are out here, and he has a new thing to show them. Sure, he needs to show them all about the Giga Formula. So he just yeah, rolls so... up behind the boss. Now, he rolls up at the least opportune moment, Dave, because the boss is about to say something that is completely wild to me, and we never get to hear him finish his sentence. The boss says, the reason we call money, money, is because of Princess Diana. And then he starts to explain himself, and Dapu uses car magic to knock him unconscious. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) um, Oh, I also don't want to let it slide that Kyosuke, Kyosuke, right? Yeah. I'm still learning all the rangers' names. Kyosuke, the Red Ranger, is wearing uh, just one heck of a cowboy shirt. And what appears to be, like, some black pleather pants, it's a real look. Yeah, I mean, this, I believe, is his look for the show. This is how he looks in the opening credits as well. So he's not just wearing that shirt today. We're going to be seeing a lot of that shirt. That is an interesting stylistic choice. Um, I mean, I'm into it. So I am all the way into it. and, And he has got... He's got, um, it looks like a Formula One car. It's like a, it's like smaller than a go-kart, but like bigger than an RC car, basically. And uh, it's a Formula One car that is like very clearly made out of Ranger weapons. Okay, now you say that. I did not realize that this car was made out of Ranger weapons until the end of the episode. Oh, did you not? Like, I saw it, and I saw that there were, like, three or four different colors on it. I was like, oh, those are clearly... Like, this is clearly Ranger weapons. Like, that's what this thing is. You know, so it, it kind of is the same dimensions as the... Uh, um, the What are they called? The Mega Racers? They're not the Speed Racers. They're individual go-karts. The speeder machines. So it's roughly the same dimensions as the speeder machines, um, but it is all the different colors. And so I don't know what I was thinking. I had just woken up when I was watching this episode. And so I was thinking like, man, is this Dapu's car? Like, is this the one that he's going to drive? Oh, that would have been good. Um, But anyways, like it's, well, I guess we kind of spoiled the surprise a little bit. It is definitely like it is their their individual weapons, which we are going to see later on in the the episode. So Dabu says, yeah, I like I'm building this thing. Like it's not quite right yet. Like it's still, it's still kind of in development. And then he just starts spouting like literal nonsense. Like he just starts like, he just starts saying like engineering words, Mm -hmm. but like, I'm not an engineer uh, as you know, but I like, I did recognize a few of the phrases and I'm like, okay, I actually kind of know what that thing is that you just said. And 
I do know for a fact that you are you're just spouting like literal nonsense. <laughs> well, I like you just yeah. looked in a book and just started stringing phrases together. Uh, and the Rangers are also super bored, right? Like, like they're not interested in this at all. Because the thing is, Dabu goes on for a while. Like, he's talking for about a minute before the Rangers are like, "Okay, uh, I'm out of here." Yeah. Now that is, I just thought about this. That's very weird to me, though, because like they're all car people, and like not only are they car people. I think, like, based on based on this and some other stuff that the president of the company said earlier on, it seems that, that yeah, like, Pegasus Motors, their deal is that they do make bespoke cars. Like, that's what they do. Yeah, we were talking about it uh, in the last episode about how, like, man, it's, like, you don't just build cars in a mechanic's garage. But this is not a mechanic's garage, as we yeah, are discovering. This, yeah, this seems to be a... Yeah, like it is a fabrication facility for like for like what I assume cars. to be hideously expensive like handmade cars effectively. So, um, it actually in this the way this scene works is that Kyosuke is like, "Well, I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to go for a jog because I'm the test driver for this company and I need to be in good shape and I don't understand any of the science they're saying, so I'm out of here." And then a one by yeah. one each of them says like Oh, yeah. Like, uh, what is it? The... Okay, so here's what it is. is um, Naoki, the blue racer, the blue racer is... Um... He's like the R&D department. Yeah, he's like, he's their like R&D, like design guy. And then um, Minoru Usagi, Uesugi, sorry. Minoru Uesugi, who is the green racer, is their sales guy. And uh, Natsumi Shinohara, who is the yellow racer, she is like the bookkeeper, I think. Uh, no, you and then, uh, you, um, you flipped that. The yellow racer is the one who's in like the like the mechanics jumpsuit. I think she is the one who is actually the mechanic. Oh, okay. And then Yoko. So sorry, yellow racer is Natsumi Shinohara. Yeah, and she is yeah, she's the mechanic. Which her jumpsuit is everybody else is like pretty color coded. Her jumpsuit is all red. And I feel like it would have been very easy for them to get a yellow jump mechanics jumpsuit. But anyways, she is the actual mechanic. And then um, Yaku Yagami is Yoku? Yoko? I think... Y- Yuko? Yuko, maybe? Yuko Yagami is the pink racer, and she is, like, the bookkeeper. Yeah. And it's really... It, it is very convenient that they give that all to us in this episode. Because last episode, I'm like, okay, they all kind of work at this garage, but I don't know what the garage's deal is... And I don't know why one of them is wearing a suit and the other ones aren't. And in this second episode, they're like, oh, yeah, no, we should actually tell you what the deal is with these people. Here is one scene that explains all of their deals. Yeah, and it was, they did a really good job. So, yeah, so they all just said, and Dapu uh, is, is completely oblivious. Like, he is completely absorbed by uh, Giga Formula, which is what this car is called. And he's just talking and talking and talking, and then he turns around and realizes that like everybody is yeah. everybody is left. Uh, Natsumi Nobody is still there. Natsumi has remained. I think maybe because she is the mechanic and she actually kind of knows what he's talking about, or maybe she just actually has work to do and can't just bail. Uh. <laughs> okay, so we head back up to the BB Saloon up on the Bowzak, uh What's the name of? Do we have a name for this like Death Star highway planet thing? I don't 
I don't actually know that we do. Um, or I haven't, I haven't seen one yet. So, um, maybe, maybe we will get one eventually, but it is like, it is their, it is the, it is their evil planet. Yeah. It, it is, it is like an evil second moon that is now circling the earth. Yeah. So we're up at the BB saloon and we find out something, uh, a little, well, we find out not only why President Gynamo blows up planets, but specifically why he blows them up with fireworks. Uh, it turns out that Zanat, for whom the President Gynamo is just like extraordinarily thirsty, mm-hmm. uh, has kind of a fireworks thing. Like she, yes, she's she's very passionate about fireworks. She is passionate in a very uh, expressive way. Yeah, trying to trying to keep things chill here, man. But yeah, you know, Zanet really likes fireworks, <laughs> like a lot. This, I feel like this is one of those situations. Every time we are going to be talking about Zanet, we are going to try to be as family friendly as possible, but. Like, doing it in such they a don't way... make it easy. Well, the problem is, I feel like at some point, we're going to be so vague that we're going to make it sound, like, worse than what it is. You know? Yeah. Um. Yeah, okay, I hear what you're saying. I mean, in this particular case, I feel like we we communicated it pretty clearly. Um. So, President Guyna was like, listen, baby... Uh, I love you, but I can't yet because of these car rangers. I would love to explode the earth with fireworks for you. Can't do it yet. Like, we'll get there. But I did get you these sparklers, like, from a store on earth, which is, like, which seems weird. Because, like, I obviously didn't buy them. So it just seems weird that he would have, like, stopped off to buy a small bag of sparklers. Right, because any uh, place he shows that the- sells sparklers probably also sells other fireworks. He was robbing yeah. the place anyway. Why didn't he just like, take get the, the good, good ones? Stuff? So he shows her the sparklers, and she clearly like she's in, like not she's like both insulted and disinterested. She's like, dude, that's not you know that that's not what I want, right? So um, some of the patrons, and she like leaves. She sort of like flounces off. Oh well, some first of patrons, she does break a bottle over his head. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, and then some of the patrons in the BB saloon laugh at President Gynamo because, like, he tried, was clearly making a move and it did not work. And so he kills them. Right. He just stares at two of the Wumpers, which are, like, the putties. He stares at them very hard. They, like, turn to ice and shatter. Yeah. Which is, really, which is a neat power. It's a neat power. And it's also a neat moment in the episode because Gynamo is... Like, he is in charge, right? Like, he is the president. But, A, it's only the second episode, so he hasn't been, like, really well established. And, B, he very much, like, you know, is following Zanad around like a puppy. So it is nice to get those moments of, like, oh, no, this guy is serious business, even if he's kind of dopey. Well, I also kind of dig it because... uh... In other in other seasons, there has been like a very how to say it, like the bad guys have been a little more hierarchical, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. But like the whole thing with the Bowsack seems to be that like they're reckless drivers, like they're kind of chaotic. So yeah. President Gynamo isn't the president because like 
you know, he's the emperor or like whatever. He's the president because if you don't do what he says, like he shatters you with ice staring. Right. So like, he's, like, I just, he's the boss of a gang. He's not the he's like, not the king. emperor. He's not the whatever. Yeah. And I, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm reading a little too much into it, but I, I no, I, no, I think that's right. So uh, then enter BB Donpa, the Beethoven of the universe. Yep. Uh, yep, that is his title. So, B.B. Donpa, he And when you say he rolls is... in, he drives into the bar on his motorcycle. Okay. Uh, so he's like how orange. To des- like... How to describe B.B. Donpa, man? Um, he's covered in, like, okay. speakers and horns. He's covered in speakers and horns and also railroad tracks. Uh, yeah. The railroad tracks are like covering his, like running across his his eyes. Yes. Uh, the, the, what's weird is that the effect of the railroad tracks running across his eyes and then his like weird big toothy mouth below that make him look like the Judge Dread villain Judge Death. Which, if you've never read that, is not a great explanation. Uh, but if you have, that's what this dude looks like. Uh, he also has a big decal on his back. Uh, that looks like a tattoo, and I think it says fanboy on it. Yeah, it does, and it is a winged skull, and he's got some pointy pointy boots, like curled up pointy boots, like Jester-style pointy boots, and a like four-foot-high pompadour. So that's his look. That's his whole deal. Uh, and also he is, yeah, he also, like, his upper body is, like, three times the size of his lower body. Like, B.B. Donpa definitely skips leg day. Yeah, well, I feel like um, if we're going to see a lot of, like, motorcycle boys in this season, we're going to get a lot of that. Yeah, we're going to have a lot of, <laughs> like, minimal, minimally, like, lower body costumed. Um, so, he rolls in, and he... uh. He has the most incredible plan. Yeah. So we... I love this plan. I can't... This is... Do we want to talk about the plan? This is one of the most... Do we want to talk about the plan now or when he is explaining it to the people of Earth? Oh, you know what? Actually, no. Let's let's do talk about it in a minute. So we go back down to Earth and we see Kyosuke and he is working out, definitely, but he was in such a rush to get out of Dapu's, like, terrible lecture that he hasn't bothered to change. So he is just going for a brisk jog in a, like, velvet cowboy shirt and black <laughs> pleather pants, which does not seem like great active wear at Kyosuke. Uh, he is also and not, then he stops he, he e- in the middle of his jog to order two Texas dogs yeah. out of the back of a van. And so sadly, first of all, I don't even know what a Texas dog is. Yeah, I was going to say, what's sad about good. this is that um, somebody, uh, D.B. Dampa is driving by, and so he gets distracted before we get to find out what a Texas dog is. Yeah. So, oh, very briefly, Matt, can I say something about hot dogs? Sure. Anytime. Yeah, thank you. So, uh... I did go to a Cincinnati Chili. Okay. Or a Skyline Chili. I went to a Skyline Chili. Why have you done this thing? Well, Beth went. Like, after hearing me dunk on it real hard, she like she wanted to try it. And so she went, and she actually kind of dug it. And she's like, listen, when's the last time you actually went to one? And I was like, I don't know. It's been a very long time because it's not good. 
And she said, is it possible that you're just harboring a more extreme opinion because they're funnier? And I said, well, they definitely are funnier. So that is possible. But like, all right, I'll go try it. So we went and I tried it. And here is my revised opinion on on Cincinnati chili. The actual chili itself isn't bad, but it's still a stupid restaurant because they don't know what to do with their own product. Okay. Because it doesn't match. Like, the flavors of it don't match anything that they do with it. Because what it actually is, is like, uh, it's sort of like a Greek, Mediterranean, Middle Eastern, like, heavy, like, bolognese sauce. If that makes sense. Yeah. It's, like, meaty, and there's, like, cinnamon and, like, some other. I think there's, like, maybe, like, clove and stuff in there. And it's actually pretty good. And they're like, here's what we'll do with it. We'll put it on cold spaghetti. With cheddar cheese, which is madness. Like it, the the sauce itself is okay, but they're idiots because they they do the worst possible things with it. Yeah, I, I so like I if don't you could remember just get it, if I said it uh, this way in our previous discussion about Cincinnati chili, but I feel like Skyline is one of those things where someone tried to make spaghetti and bolognese. And they just messed up so bad that they had to start calling it something else because they couldn't admit that it was supposed to have been bolognese. No, it's it was started by like a a Greek immigrant basically. So like he made Greek food and like I don't know, like just decided to call it chili. But the point is, is like if you had it as a side with like other Greek food, it would probably be fine. But like, don't go to Cincinnati chili, okay? Or still don't go to Skyline chili. Anyways. So I was thinking about that because they, they do like Coney dogs. Um, anyways, so we don't get to find out what a Texas dog is, which is a shame because I would really like to know that. Um, but BB Donpa shows up and he like he rides around on a motorcycle for a minute and then he like hops off the motorcycle and he he jumps up and he says, awaken cars of Earth, like sing your terrible song or something. And he starts like waving his arms. And the cars of Earth, like, fly up into the sky. And their horns start going. And this is where we find out what B.B. Donpa's plan is. It's beautiful. It's, yeah, in its madness. So he says, here's the plan. I am going to send all the cars of Earth into orbit around Earth. And I will have them blow their horns continually. And the noise pollution, it will be so loud that all the aliens, all the other aliens in the universe will get so irritated that they will come and they will explode Earth for us. Right, because they'll just be so sick of hearing all these cars. So first of all, I (sighs) just... I feel like they could have just let B.B. Donpa do this one because that's not how sound in space works. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in this show that isn't how it works, Dave. Maybe we can assume that in the Car Ranger universe, whatever superpower he is using to, like... I just... Okay, just to be clear, Matt, are you... Are you proposing that the Car Ranger universe is one in which ether is real? Is that what you're telling me? I don't know, man. It's one in which car magic is real. Why not? Uh, yeah, okay. I guess, sure. 
So that's the plan. Uh, and then Kyosuke looks up at him. <laughs> and this is great because this is how you know it's only the second episode and that Kyosuke is very new at his job because he looks up at him and he's like, are you Balzac? <laughs> What's the yeah. other option here, Kyosuke? Yeah, the, the dude with train track eyes that is making cars fly around. Yes, that dude is a Balzac guy, obviously. And, and, uh, and DB, BB Dampa's uh, response to this is not, yes, of course. His response is, hey, man, what's wrong with being a Balzac? Which, <laughs> if like, you are wrong. a Balzac, is a very reasonable response. Yeah. So, yeah, actually, Kyosuke... Kind of racist. Yeah, man. Uh, so anyways, so Lieutenant, what's that guy's name again? Zelmoda. Lieutenant Deputy Leader Zelmoda. He shows up and he has got like, he's got like a flying jar that he rolls around on. That they keep the battle wumpers in and, uh, or combatant wumpers. And he's like, wumpers, go. And he like, and they all sort of like fly out. And then they attack. Well, most um, of so them attack. Different... One of them trips, and then as he is trying to get up, is chased away by a small, adorable dog. So there are different colors of Wumpers, and that one is a white Wumper. And then later we will see the white, another white Wumper, like, do something similarly silly or cowardly or something. I assumed it was uh, the so same I... one, and I don't know why. I think it's just like, oh, the white Wumpers are... Like the the doofy ones, um, like they're not they're not good at their job. Um, so are okay. Let's let's unpack this for a second. Are we under the impression now that the Wumpers are color coded like the foot soldiers from the Ninja Turtle video games? Yes, I think we are. I think we have to assume that. Okay, now, but they're not the same colors, of course, because the white ones in those games are tougher because you don't get to them till later. So we're saying that maybe okay. like the white wumpers are like the purple foot soldiers. Yeah, I think so. Oh, okay. Actually, yeah, I am looking um, at the page real quickly. Yeah, the wumpers come in four colors. The white ones are kind of rarer, and they are often like they show up, and there's a quick sight gag based on them and then they they like run away like that is the thing with the white Uh, okay i'm into that i'm looking forward to seeing more of it does it give us an explanation uh, on the other three types it does not i think they just have like different color yeah i mean like the orange ones have the bombs right the uh the i'm trying to remember more foot soldier things i can only remember that the orange ones have bombs. oh man that's a deep hole you could go down. Um, okay, so, yeah, he unleashes the Wumpers. One of them is defeated by the dog. Uh, and then we get, uh, then Kyosuke Henshin's. And the Henshin sequence, like... He kind of runs away a, first. He, like, runs into an alley to Henshin. Yeah, he does. Well, you know, who knows? I Maybe he's trying to maintain his secret identity for a second. Uh, no, because they did it on public before. Anyways... His henshin as, like, the actor doing the thing is is fine, but the animated sequence that we get is pretty rad. Because, like, the Excel charger, like, opens up, and there's, like, some gears and stuff there, like, in an engine, and, like, spinning around and doing stuff. And then um, it's just, like, very energetic, and we're we're getting a lot of, like, cool sound effects. It's rad. It is very good. So... 
he he calls everyone. He's like, hey, everybody, like, I'm over here. There's Balzac. Like, you got to get over here. We got to help. Um, and everybody is doing the thing that they said that they were doing except for uh, Yoku. Uh, she or Yoko. Yuko? Yuko. Yuko. I think it's Yuko. It's uh, Y-O-U-K-O. I think it's Yuko. Or, I mean, you know, yeah. that's, so that's not actually what it is. That is how it is, like, anglicized, but... Yeah, so everybody is doing what they said they were doing, except Yuko, who is just at a cafe, like, having a cup of coffee. Right. So, they all kind of... It's great. It's sort of like Mask. That is exactly uh, how know, it like is in all, my notes. Yeah, they're all kind of doing their thing. Man, that was such a cool show. How has nobody made a live-action Mask movie yet? I don't know. There was a recent Mask cart, uh, comic book reboot. Was there? Yeah, man. Nice. The Mobile Arbor and Strike I would watch Command. the... I would watch the bejesus out of a live-action mask movie. That would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, anyways, so it uh, calls everybody. Oh, by and the way, then... Yuko is at a cafe when she gets the call, and she just gets up and leaves, and I'm not convinced that she paid. So we go back to Pegasus Motors, and the president is starting to wake up, and he's still talking about Princess Diana. And then Dapu sees that he's starting to wake up, and instead of just re-knocking him out with car magic... He reaches up on a shelf and pulls down like a plastic toy hammer. Yeah, I mean, and hits him in the head with it. Thankfully, it wasn't. Like I don't know why that's a real hammer, but what you know? Okay, I am actually. I am going to assume that this is a deference to the fact that this is a television, a children's television show. That they did not want to show Dapu hitting someone in the head with a real hammer. Oh, that because a that's very just good point. Yeah, that's not a thing that you want to show children. <laughs> it's like, hey, I'll be like that funny guy on TV. I mean, in a minute, our heroes are going to be murdering things with swords, but I, I think that's still a good point. Yeah, so uh, that I'll, I'm, I'm willing to let them make that. That concession, yeah. So <laughs> have a ridiculous plastic hammer. So Balzac, so we go from there. Uh, the, yeah. So the the reason that we go back to that, by the way, is because the Yellow Ranger is still there listening to him, and she gets the update like, "Hey, Balzac is here now. You need to stop babbling on, and we need to go help everyone." So he's like, "Okay, okay, okay." So both um, Dapu and her name is Natsumi. Yes. Yes. Natsumi head out to the fight. So the yeah. uh, Kyosuke is trying to fight like this whole crowd of Wumpers along with Zelmoda. But like even though he's the Red Ranger and he's henchened, it's only episode two. So if you have to fight that many people, like you're just not going to have a good time of it. Yeah, well, this is um, this is kind of a uh, fun ep- uh, series or element of this, I think, which is like, so the Die Rangers... Everybody was, you know, like Rio wasn't a a ranger before, but he was like, you know, like he had combat training, like he was a martial artist, uh, you know, and in an O-Ranger and in Kaku Ranger, there was some, you know, like obviously they were in the military or like they were already ninjas. Um, the last time we saw something sort of like this actually was Jetman, which is these folks were not prepared to be rangers. Like, this is not a, you know, like, they just kind of got out of the blue. Like, they're just rangers. Right. So, like, Raita um, and Akko, like, they were not, you know, they were just people. And so, even though they were rangers and they had these superpowers, they still had a lot of steps to take to 
to really, you know, kind of be in, in the groove of that fully uh, in that way. So, and we're seeing a little bit. Now, like, obviously, they're still super, like, they're still rangers. Oh, like, sure. Like, they're still using these swords, like, pretty well. Uh, but they have not, you know, they're not, like, really in it. So we, uh, we're there, and we see Red, and he's trying to fight, and there's all these cars flying around, and they do a lot of very cool practical effects, like swinging these cars around from cables and just, like, launching driverless cars places. Uh, like, they really sell the idea that these cars are just sort of flying around. It's great. Yeah, well, I think what's very cool is that, like, Car Ranger is from, what, 1996? I think so. Yeah, it, it, this is the 1996 into early 1997 season. Um, and so, like, you know, the late 90s were kind of the late, like, this is just before, like, in a season or two, we're going to start getting CGI stuff, but we don't mm-hmm. really have it yet. So this is, like, the full culmination of all of the practical effects that have, they have learned in the prior, like, you know, 20 plus years of doing Super Sentai. Um, and we really get to see a lot of that on display in this show. Like, I really love it when they fire, when they charge up the Vi-Blades. Yeah, like, those are neat. That sort of, like, like electricity effect, I think, looks awesome. Yeah, I do. I do love it. Now, that might be, I think I have very fond feelings of it based on Star Wars. Based on, like, Dark Force Lightning. Maybe, maybe. But, um, Dark Side Lightning. So, anyways, um, the Rangers all arrive in their go-karts. My internal jury is still out on these go-karts. On whether or not it is cool to drive around in go-karts. Yeah, on one hand, go-karts are very cool. But on the other hand, they're like, they're trying to make them like rad and dramatic. And that's not working super well. well. So mostly what you're getting is like grown adults in colorful costumes in these like goofily small cars. I mean, the problem is not that they're in go-karts, right? The problem is that if they didn't have go-karts, they would have motorcycles or dirt bikes. And those definitely are cool. So it, yeah, I think that's yeah. You kind of put your finger on it. Is you've taken away something that's a definitely cool for something that is questionably cool. Um, but they're the Car Rangers. You couldn't put them in. Like I understand the dilemma because you can't just put them in on bikes because they're the Car Rangers. Right. But you also can't just have all five Rangers driving around like full sized cars. Right. That um, would be weird because then they would just be like. In a truck running over a bunch of wumpers. <laughs> I would actually kind of love to see that. Um, but now, here's the thing that they do do well, is they do some very good go-karting. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah, they're doing, like, drift stops and stuff. Like, it's neat. So uh, they arrive. Everybody henshins. Uh, I think their tagline is just fighting for traffic safety. It's the second time they've said it. Yeah, I'm into it. It's not as cool as Shining in the Heavens, There Are Five Stars. I mean, we're not going to name a segment of our show after it, but I think it works for them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm i a big proponent of traffic safety. So, uh, yeah. So, again, we get their rad swords. I love there's an engine block in them. Uh, their guns are called the Auto Punishers, which I dig. I'm sorry, Dave. Um, I hate to correct you. They're called the Auto Blasters. But then when they shift up, they become the Auto oh, Punishers. Oh, that's right. I also really like I just I dig that they're they're fitting in a lot of car terminology here. I think that's fun. So um 
we go, we're in this scene and uh, BB Donpa is like continuing to attack and he's just yelling BB periodically. I'm not, not really sure why. Um, and it's one of those things like when the, when the other four of the car rangers showed up, the fight was going well for a minute, but now there's just like a bunch of cars running into them and it's not yeah, super good. Dapu, yeah, who is sort of trouble with that. standing off to the side, is like, okay, uh, this sucks. I'm going to get out of here because the only way they're going to win this fight is if I can actually finish the Giga Formula. Yeah. So he dashes back to Pegasus Motors. Um, when he gets there, the president is waking up again. Um, and he sees Giga Formula and he's like, oh, wow, that's actually really impressive. But I'm also like, he's also irritated that they're building it behind his back. Um, you know, like don't use don't use company time for your personal projects. Right, or something. right. That costs money, which, as we all know, is the most important thing of the it's world. The- <laughs> it's a gift from heaven. It makes the impossible possible. So Giga Formula sort of like wakes up and uh, like attacks, like menaces. Maybe he menaces the president. No, the, I think the president it menaces it's the president. On, it's up on a stand, right? And the president kicks the stand, and Giga Formula just like falls and then activates. Yeah, so I think maybe it was more done than than Dapu led us to believe. Yeah. Uh, the president freaks out. He runs into a wall uh, headfirst and knocks himself out. So that's fun. This guy, man, I really hope that this is not just what his life is going to be like going forward. Because I'm going to feel very badly for this man. Man, I think you need to prepare yourself for that to be the case. For just a full I, season I, of head trauma? Yeah, I am fairly confident that we're going to get a lot of that. I just have a feeling. So Giga Formula powers up and then Dapu realizes something. Like you can tell that he has a moment of realization, but it is not clear what about and uh, it's never explained. Okay, here's my theory. And on then that. he he doesn't do, just to be clear. He does not do anything further to Giga Formula and it works perfectly. Yeah. So here is... As far as I can tell. Here is what I think happened. I think that Dapu had built, like, Giga Formula, but, like, it wasn't configured quite correctly. But all of the pieces, all of the required pieces were there. Because, like, the muffler was sort of on sideways. And so when the president kicked it off its stand and it fell... Like, the pieces that weren't quite aligned, like, locked into place. So when Dapu shows up and he sees it, and he sees that, like, the basically the mufflers aren't sticking straight up. They're sticking out back now. He's like, oh, cool. I think that will now work. And that was his realization, and that's also why he didn't have to do any further work on it. Oh, okay. So the falling yeah, like is like... That it I happened think is to what knock it in just the right way. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Now, yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah, I dig it. It makes enough sense uh, that I'm willing to accept it and move on. Frankly, so Dapu heads back to the fight. I guess he probably drives Giga Formula. Although I don't think we actually see that happening. I don't know that he like. There is not enough space for a person to fit into this thing. He just is there with it. Um, also, I want to say just again. I know I already mentioned it, but they are legit. Just like hurling these cars around. Like I said, some of them are on strings, and some of them 
I'm not really sure what they did because like there's definitely does not seem to be a driver in there and they're just kind of careening down the street and like off ramps and exploding and stuff. It's um it's pretty intense. Yeah, I don't know what the budget on this season was, but it couldn't have been that small. Like these aren't fancy cars, but they are cars. So as Dabro arrives, he calls the Rangers over, he's like, Hey, check it out. I got the Giga Formula, it's done. It's all yours. Also, here is the owner's manual. And I love this. Well, I love this for a lot of reasons. But the two main reasons I love this are, one, it's a car and they're getting the owner's manual. And that's a fun gag. And two, it's a new piece of gear. And they're actually being given instructions on how it works, which is maybe the only time we have ever seen that. It is the only time. I love it. Like, he's got an owner's manual, which they stop in the middle of combat to read. It's Which like is amazing. In a little plastic sleeve. <laughs> so yeah, like, like they really it. did it. Um, like somebody had a lot of fun making this pop because, like, it, they open it up and you can see it. Like, it definitely just looks like a car owner's manual, but it is also definitely like it's clearly Giga Formula in the illustrations. So, um, here are the weapons they get. So, um, Pink Racer gets the bumper bow. It's like a bow and arrow. Uh, Red Ranger, Red Racer gets the Fender Sword. Mm-hmm. Blue Racer gets the muffler gun, so like twin, like giant pistols, kind of. Uh, Yellow Ranger gets the roll bar knuckles, which I think is my personal favorite. And then Green Engine, uh, Green Racer gets the engine cannon. And uh, it is like a giant two-handed, seems like it should be shoulder-mounted energy cannon. I really feel like Green Racer drew the winning straw on this one. Well, especially as compared to uh, muffler guns. Muffler guns and like a bow and arrow. He's got just like an energy cannon. It's rad looking, first of all. It's kind of unwieldy, but like when we see it in action, it is devastating. (laughs) Yeah, it's like far and away the most powerful weapon. It's awesome. Um, Okay, so... Boma, BB Boma attacks them with like he's got air honkers. I'm sorry, like a Dave. bunch of air honkers strapped to his wrist. Did you call him BB Boma? That's what's in my notes. What did I? His name is wrong. That's not. It's not Boma. It's Donpa. It's Donpa. I mean, why does it say Boma? I don't know. Did you write it upside down? <laughs> Anyways, okay. So BB Donpa, um, he's got like like horns like attached to his arms and then he like holds his arms out and they all go like honk and then that's an energy attack somehow it's surprisingly powerful and they're like the racers are like don uh dapu what do we do and he's like go read the owner's manual like did you not could you not just tell them so they have to, like, run over, but it's on fire. Yeah, like, they dropped it, and part of it's on fire. So they're, like, looking through the flames to get the instructions on how to operate this thing. They're like, oh, if we put these pieces back together in a different configuration, it becomes the, what is it, the the Nova formula? Or Formula Nova. And Formula Nova is, like, this... I think it's Formula... Yeah, it's Formula Nova. It, it looks sort of like a turret. Like, it is... It's a cannon... But it's not something that they hold. It's like on a like right. a pedestal, sort of. No, yeah, I really dig it. Because it's the first one we've seen that isn't just sort of like... They're not just holding it. It is like definitely this this thing. It's rad. Um, so, so the, yeah, so they use it and they explode 
Bibi Danpa. Kind of. Because Bibi Danpa yeah, sees kind them of. putting it together. He's like, oh no, I am out of here. That sucks. And so he just hops on his motorcycle and drives away. And as he is driving away, they shoot him in the back, which is kind of weird. Uh, but it doesn't actually kill him. Because the next thing we see uh, is that we go back up to the bar at the, the BB Saloon, right? Mm-hmm. And... Uh, like, everybody rolls in, and B.B. Danpa also rolls in, but, like, his back is sort of smoking and smoldering because he's just been shot with a big laser that, I guess, shot him all the way to the moon, which is good. Yeah, or maybe? Whatever. Not the moon, but this other moon thing. Uh, sorry. I'm, I'm very used to things being on the moon. I'm going to have to break myself of that. Yeah. So he... So he, <laughs> he rolls in, and I really... I fully expected... President Gynamo to just be like, you have failed and kill him. Um, he doesn't. Well, he doesn't yet. What happens is there's so much sound because all of Bibi Dampa's horns and sirens and stuff are going crazy. Um, and all of that noise summons a UFO that is flying by. It's like, hey, keep that noise down and starts attacking the Bowzak. The last shot in this scene is B.B. Dampa's arm disconnected from his body falling to the ground. I don't know if they just cut off his horn arm or if that was supposed to be representative that he died, but uh, something happened. Something Somebody made a drastic move. Yeah, so I'm not... Although I, mm-hmm. I do like that this is definite proof that B.B. Dampa's plan would have worked. Yeah, it totally would have, like, it was, yeah, loved it. Uh, and then, that's not the end yet, right? We have a scene back at the garage? Yeah, there is uh, There is one short scene back at the garage uh, where we see sort of everybody just doing their actual jobs. And the president has woken up and is clearly, like, disoriented. And they're like, oh, your wife is on the phone, which she is. And then we get a short con- one-sided conversation about him like the business of Pegasus Motors where he talks with his wife. Uh, and that is, that's the end of the episode. Yes, Dave. But it is not the end of our episode. It's not. Uh, because now it is our opportunity to see where BB Dampa lands on the creature Royale. Now, if you are new to the show uh, with this season, we have a full master list of the ranking from best to worst of all of the monsters from all of the seasons that we've done. Yeah. So, I like B.B. Donpa. I think he has a fun and insane plan. Uh, And also, we discover it is a plan that would have worked. Uh, He's got a bonkers look. Um, Like, he's buck wild. I can't handle his his visuals. I love him. Um, He doesn't have, like, a ton, a ton of... Of, like, uh, personality, I guess, if that makes sense. Right. I mean, he kind of uh, does. I mean, he does. Yeah, you know, I'm actually going to take that back. Like, I, I have a pretty good feeling for who B.B. Dampa is as a person. So, um, I'm definitely thinking, like, top half, but not in, like, that top 20, top 30 space. Right. You know what I mean? Like, he is not, like, he's not lipstick songstress, right? Yeah, no, definitely not. Um... So, 
I am kind of looking in and around like Bara Skunk, um, Binbogami, uh, Omukade, the football centipede. Omuk- That's all very well, good. Well, now, Dave, I will say this is our Christmas episode, and Omukade, the football centipede, was also disguised as a Santa Claus. Um, okay, a colony of I Santa think that's Clauses. a good spot. So I, I wouldn't just just for the Christmas spirit. I don't want to put uh, Bibi Dampa ahead of Amukade. Yeah, okay. The Santa Claus so football centipede. Keep... Right. So if we keep going down, um, we're running into like Kama Itachi the sickle weasel, uh, Umibozu the navy monster, Kasha the fireworks monster. I actually don't think I like Bibi Dampa as much as them. But once we get down into like Bara Fawcett. Right, okay, right below Bara Fawcett is Aunt Bazooka, mm-hmm. and then um, Obrogumura, the taxi man. And I am actually pretty okay with BB Donpa being like just below Bara Fawcett. Yeah, because like it's, I, I certainly wouldn't put him below Obrogumura, the, the living taxi monster, because right below that is the. Uh, Shiro Niri, the rag Shiro monster. Shiro the yeah, the rag monster, and that guy's awesome. Awesome, but I think perhaps not as good as Bibi Dampa. Yeah, so I would say, yeah, right below Bara Fawcett, because Bara Fawcett was the one where like he was selling like weird, um, like weird health drinks. Yeah, so and he was like shape shifting and stuff. So yeah, and Aunt Bazooka is in a cool episode. And does some but he weird himself. stuff, but he doesn't have like a personality. Yeah. Um, okay, so that puts BB Dampa in at new slot number fifty nine. All right. Uh, on the creature right now, I think I think that's a pretty good showing for our first sort of monster of the week from Car Ranger. Yeah. Well done, yeah. sir. But now, now having completed that, that is going to do it for another episode of License to Car Ranger. Uh, before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all that you can email the show at supersentaibrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes or check out the things that we're talking about on Twitter, we are at supersentaibros. If you like the show, please remember that shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you find the show. That's what's going to help other people find it. Tell a friend, tell a loved one. If you see your family for the holidays, just let them know. Let them know we're out here. Doing the thing. Uh, the Super Sentai Brothers are... It's like a free gift you can give to yeah. them. The Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. If you'd like to listen to any of the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, you can do that all at RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com. Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on Earth.